So Batman is beating bitches up. Not just like I'm gonna beat you up enough to get by, but like I'm gonna beat you because I don't like you. Beat you. Did y'all see that? Yeah, man. Sometimes bitches just need to get beat up. <sighs> rephrase, rephrase. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using that as a general term for representation of people that just need to get punched. Not talking about specific gender. That's a unilateral word. I don't specify that word to mean what people normally specify it to mean. That's a specific term for. I'm mad you missed on the J line that gets you out of this. Oh. No, I was not going to. I feel like that wouldn't have helped me. That probably would have made it worse. Wait, yeah. which line are you talking about from Bitches and Sisters? Or which one are you talking no. about? Okay. No. Okay. I'm going 99 problems. Oh. Uh, does that. No, does that, that still makes. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I, don't I, think it does. yeah. I thought of both of those and immediately thought that would make the situation because it didn't quantifies it from back to the gender thing. Yeah. I thought but, you were going with bitches get. Sisters get respect, bitches get what they deserve, which is definitely. Yeah. No, I was going to go with not a bitch in the sense of having a pussy, but a pussy having no goddamn sense trying to push me. That one, that one, that would have worked. Missed opportunity. Yeah, it would have worked. Missed opportunity. Sorry. But that trailer looks dope. Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'm all the way in. Also looks For dope. a darker and moodier Batman. Yes. Just be who you are, man. Are y'all thinking? Yeah, that's real. Are y'all thinking PS4 or PS5? For what? For that game. Oh, I was talking about the trailer for the movie, but the game is PS5 all day. Okay. Yeah, the, it's not all coming day. out till next year. Yeah, there's no way. And then Suicide yeah. Squad. Well, no, they said that, huh? They said it'll be on current gen too. But yeah, yeah, but right. it's yeah, uh-huh. it's gonna be like the oh, it's the first year ish of the new generation. We're gonna release everything on the old one too. Try to get these numbers up. Yeah, those are when they're still trying to make basically cater to the old gens. They cut that stuff off. Speaking of old gins, welcome to the Triangle Nonsense Podcast. I am here today with two friends. I am TR Paperstacks, also known as for today, J-R-P-G-G-A-N-G. Next to me, not really, we have the Charlie. State your business. Yo, yo, yo. This is Chuck Father. Today I got that big, super, ultra black, big lotto energy. <laughs> I want an explanation on that at some point because I have no idea what that means. No frame of reference. But next to him, we have Marcus, a.k.a. I spelled my name right, also known as, state your name. Known as uh, MLB MVP, home run champion, stealing base champion. We're going to talk some baseball today. I'm ready to get into it. Super excited. What you know about stealing base, man? Oh, <laughs> I used to run the base like Juan Pierre. Is that the one you want? I was about to say, which one are you going to do? Well <laughs> There's a lot of stolen bases references. I went with the one that was. I went with the one that was Jay and Marlin. It fits perfectly yeah, right, into the pocket. That's you. Yeah. All right. Good for you. I'm so today one. we are uh, doing our first battle for a, a series two, the video game comparisons what is the best video game from our childhood uh times which is everything up until 2000 uh the mid tiers or the ps2 ps3 generation 2000 2013 and current gen what we did that you haven't seen is we decided we were going to randomize what game got presented so we had to prepare for everything we put our names into a randomizer and spit it out to see who would present what game and the results are drum roll please First, doing his old school game, 
will be, let me make sure I say it right, Charles, a.k.a. the Charles Father. What game are you going to be doing, Charles? A.k.a. Big Ultra Black Lotto Energy. Today I will be representing the old school for the old school, kicking the OG status for the old school with The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time from Nintendo 64. <laughs> I feel like before you say it again, you need to explain it. <laughs> After this, we're going to take a brief <laughs> moment and let you explain what the hell that means. <laughs> so, second in the randomizer popped up me, a.k.a. JRPG, G-A-N-G, even though I'm not doing that game. I will be presenting why The Last of Us is the finest episode uh, example of video game to come out of video games between 2000 and 2013. And last but not least, we have Marcus, who is presenting what? MLB The Show. Isn't that Inspector Gadget? That was definitely no, Inspector Gadget. It was, was, it, it was the show. I heard Inspector Gadget. I mean, it's the same. It's the same tune. I didn't do this that part either. Yes, if you listen to them, they're both very like very very. Marcus, they're expecting. I'm not even willing to argue with Chuck about this. All right, so those are the three games we're going to be presenting. How we want to do this? Do we want each individual? We want Charles to explain his name first. Yes, that's what we want. Big Ultra Black Lotto Energy. L-A-T-T-O Energy. Big Ultra Black Lotto Energy. Nope. So my name is celebrating the black excellence coming from two musicians in the hip-hop industry this week. First, we have one Nasir Jones, a.k.a. Nas, who released... I don't know what number album this is for him, but it's called King's Disease. It's one of his finest projects to date. Um, his, I don't want to even call it a single. The song that he came out with that played before the album was released was called Ultra Black, which is him being his super black girl loss, but in a very positive way, not necessarily a pointing down and looking at you funny way. Um, so that's what Ultra Black stands for. Big Lotto represents Mulatto, who released her debut album, and kind of rocked it all the way. So just showing us, giving some props for both of them for putting out two really good questions. Yes. So you're saying yes. Nas, you know, very influential in hip hop, blah, blah, blah. Are we talking about like the mulatto who made the, the song with Gucci? Yes, who was on the rap game with Jermaine Dupri, but then turned down the contract that she won because it wasn't enough so money for So we're her. saying Nas and Mulatto's influence in hip-hop are equivalent, that they both had to be mixed into this name? Is that what we're saying? Well, I wasn't talking about their influence. I was just giving props because they both put out good albums. That okay. Friday. I was not referencing I'll leave it there. Though. I won't say another word. Continue. Yeah. Marcus, you don't have any thoughts? I'm still processing. Um, there was a lot of information that just came at me. Did not know there was a person named Mulatto that was rapping. So I learned a lot of things in the last 30 seconds. She probably wouldn't be in your real house. So. I mean, she's not Wale, so she's not in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Fair enough. That Gucci song <laughs> is pretty good, though. I mean, it's Mulatto's song featuring Gucci, right. but it's solid. Also, if she doesn't do a Mulatto butt song at some point, it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, sure. that sample from Archer has, has to be available, to. right? Has to. And I'm not going to lie, she kind of has a big butt. So there you go. So win-win for her. All right. Well, there you Just go. lined up. Um, yeah, I'll so probably listen to it while Charles is presenting his argument for Ocarina of Time. <laughs> the disrespect. 
So uh, how are we doing this? Are we, is, is Charles going first? Are you prepared to lay out? So we'll, oh, the, just to clarify, these three games are going to be battling one another. We're doing like a cross-sectional battle for all of these rounds. And then we'll see what comes out because we thought about our previous series where we had the rapper battles and how all of our first round picks had to battle each other in the first round, which didn't make any sense. So then you had to get rid of a Wayne or an M or whoever before we got to the final round. Everybody should have a shot. So that's how we're doing it this series. And then we added in the randomization just to add a little bit of fun, a little bit of spice, a, a sousson of flavor. So, Charles, are you going first? You're going to lay out the Ocarina game? All right. I can. Give it to me. So, um, first of all, let me say that um, as easy as picking my games came out to be, I wasn't really sure like how to really present an argument for like my favorite game because I very much feel that gaming is kind of relative to, one, the kind of place you're in when you're playing the game, and two, like how often you go back to the game, especially like when you experience things at different times for folks and or don't experience them at all if you don't, haven't played the game. So instead of kind of doing an argument of time away, I'm going to instead tell you about the things I love about Ocarina of Time and kind of just let that be my argument because that was really the only way I could kind of mentally decide to kind of quote unquote argue for the game. So Ocarina of Time, um, very, very, very brief synopsis of Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time, there's a young boy who is into this race of people that he believes he's a part of, but he's part of a much bigger story that decides to face the world. Um, he goes to beat the princess um, and their kind of fates get intertwined when there's a man there that's actually a servant for the kingdom, but it's actually a traitor because the kingdom betrayed his family early in life. That person ends up taking over the kingdom using the Triforce power and then sends the kingdom into a dark period of time. So, the young boy represents a descendant of the hero. He comes across an ocarina, for the namesake, that allows him to travel through time between being a child and being an adult, thus letting him go to the future and reverse the future and go into the future and make things happen to where he basically slays the, the betrayer of the kingdom that then allows him to go back to his time frame and live a normal life, or as normal as the hero of time could be. So, things I love about Ocarina of Time. So Ocarina of Time kind of was very innovative in a way. Um, some th things that you know from all kind of RPGs were kind of brought to the forefront with Ocarina of Time. So the first thing I kind of thought of that you kind of see all the time is the lock-on combat system. So this is a feature that you kind of see in the majority of third-person video games and a lot of first-person video games to this date. But Ocarina of Time was really the first game that kind of did it from an RPG standpoint. And when I say RPG, I mean the playthrough RPG, action-adventure RPG, not necessarily turn-based RPGs because you would need to lock on in turn-based RPGs because it's you take your turn and you pick the person you want to pick. So um, Ocarina of Time was really the first kind of RPG of its kind that actually relied heavily on real-time graphics instead of kind of CGI scenes that you kind of see in PlayStation games at the time, which because PlayStation was a more powerful system, and so they were trying to be innovative in that way, and they did a great job of doing it. But Nintendo kind of hung their head on, hey, we're going to just really upgrade the graphics and let that kind of speak for itself. Um, Ocarina of Time had kind of had mechanics with the, you do horseback riding, you could do archery-type games, you could do fishing. Um, and, um, Zelda's known for dungeon designs. Ocarina of Time has a variety of dungeon designs that make you kind of use the whole dungeon 
in multiple ways to get you to where you need to go. And it kind of builds the world around you where like no world kind of feels the same. And like everything you kind of do in the game feels like it's intertwined and you're connected and personable, which I really, really love about my RPGs. Um, Ocarina of Time, I believe it's the perfect balance of challenging, but not frustrating. Like you feel motivated going to do the different things because Ocarina of Time rewards you for doing the different things in the game itself. Um, it rewards you for exploring things that maybe not be off the beaten path, but it still kind of intertwines itself with the game, but it doesn't let you go too far off the ledge so that you get lost in that exploration. Um, Which Tim desperately needs. I do. <laughs> Ocarina of Time literally made folks go to the point where they would say, hey, I wonder what this does, and this would do something, and it would see it had the same impact because you could go i remember this was kind of the early age of video games the internet being a big boom i remember trying to after i beat Ocarina for a time just looking to see people's different experiences and kind of saying the different things that they were able to do that maybe go back and play the game and see how that would react with different things as well so um mm-hmm. the best compliment i could really give ocarina of time is that i sincerely wish from a video game perspective i could go back to that period of time when that came out. So I could really get the feeling that I got the very first time I completed Ocarina of Time, because I will say, I sincerely feel that video games rarely today, in today's age, and maybe being an adult might have part to do with this, just you don't get that same feeling of completion you get. It's more of a, damn, I finally finished this game, finally, because I feel like marketers today kind of throw just a whole bunch of smorgasbord of things at you to kind of make it work. And I'm not speaking that as a, I'm speaking to my overall video. So there's plenty of games that have come out in this gen that I've had that feeling for. And those are the ones that I kind of get through. The rest of them I kind of end up putting to the side. Um, Ocarina of Time stands the test of time. It plays, it feels like you're actively a part of the game. And I feel like that's comparison to games today where you're just kind of playing through the emotions of the game to get to a finish point as opposed to being entrenched in the game. Um, You'd be hard pressed to find games that work that action RPG type style in 2020 that don't pull something from Ocarina of Time, whether it's minor items that you get required for the story that aren't required for the story, but you kind of get rewarded for completing them and it helps secrets only accessible after completing different parts of the game. Like you beat a dungeon, you get a weapon, then you could like save the hookshot. Then you could use the hookshot back in this part of the level back in this part of the world to get you to something else. You get new techniques or I'm sorry, go ahead. I I mean, I have a couple of questions. I want you to continue because I'm learning a lot because I'm not as familiar with Zelda. Okay, well, I'll finish in a second then. Um, New new techniques for winning boss fights to help you kind of go expound on new different areas such as such as well. Um, um, The last thing I will say about Ocarina of Time is that Ocarina is the measuring stick for how video games are judged. Like, there's a reason Ocarina to this day still is one of the highest rated games of all time. It's the game that every game after it was created was put against, regardless of the genre. Ocarina is the franchise. In the movie realm, Ocarina would be the movie that changed the way you view movies. Older movies highlight how things were pre-Ocarina. New games indicate how things are post-Ocarina. That's the biggest legacy for Ocarina of Time. So that is what I have. What would the movie equivalent of Ocarina of Time be then? I thought a lot about that, and I don't have that answer quite yet. <laughs> I think there's a bunch of things you could pull from that maybe, but I don't. it's hard because I feel like with movies, 
there are so many cross-branded genres. You you could literally have to go through every genre to That's see funny. what that would be. My initial thought was Inception. That's a good that Inception would have a really good argument In- for it. Wait, you're saying Inception so. changed the way you viewed movies? Because I don't agree with that. Premise. I think Inception. I think Inception set a tone for the next era of movies. And we're wild off subject right now, so I don't. Well, yeah, we don't need to get into it. Way. But that might be something to discuss but at some point. I'm sure we'll have an Inception tenant conversation at some point. Still off. I wa- did you watch the latest tenant trailer? I'm confused. Um, yeah. But going back to Zelda, I, I'm. <laughs> Confused, but they have oh, yeah, my money. Yeah, I'm gonna watch so, it. Yeah, <laughs> they put Ricky in it from uh, Baller, so I was already gonna watch it. But uh, so going back to Zelda, though, could I mean I and I guess somebody has to do the counter argument, right? Is this the is this no, the best fine. Zelda game? It would be my first question to you. To me, it is. Yes. Okay. It sounds and the, the reason I say the reason I say that there's a couple different things. There's a couple different arguments people make when they make about Zelda games. A lot of people say Breath of the Wild. Everybody that says Breath of the Wild is the best Zelda game is either a jaded Zelda fan that wanted something new, or a person that wasn't a Zelda fan that saw Zelda's new format and loved it. That they basically loved Fallout games. Those are the people that love Breath of the Wild. That's not to say Breath of the Wild isn't a fine video game, but. It's the out. It's eight oh eight and heartbreak. Oh, oh, sense. that sounds. I don't. I haven't even played Whoa. Breath of the Wild, and that sounds disrespectful. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's Having still, played both, uh huh. That's wild out there. Oh well, like, I understand that Ocarina of Time is one hundred percent like innovative and important in the history of Zelda, right? Mm-hmm. But. There's some just pure technological advancements that are made by the time you get to Breath of the Wild that, like, makes the game smoother and easier to play. Like, just simply because technology's improved, because screens have improved. And going with that, I feel like what... And I, we can have the conversation about whether that's true for Ocarina, but what you described is, like, people then looked at that game and said, all right, we're going to steal this, 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 and this, and then put it into the new games. I feel like Breath of the Wild has been that for the last couple of years, where it's like, new game came out, it's open world you can explore. Okay, is it Breath of the Wild? Nope, not quite. It doesn't do this like Breath of the Wild, doesn't do that. And everybody's trying to get that that feel that Breath of the Wild had. The only Talking about Ocarina again, when you were describing it, at least, as someone who didn't have a 64 and didn't play it, to me, it sounds like a link between time, which came out first, correct? So... Ocarina basically enhanced Link to the Past. Thank you. The the biggest difference between Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time, Link to the Past was very formatic with how you kind of played the game. Like you go through the, and they were very similar with like you play through the first part of the game and then you get sent to the dark world and then you play through the different dungeons and stuff like that. But like every single dungeon was similar in Link to the Past. There was no variety. It was a very, and not to say it wasn't a good game, because obviously they had different enemies and stuff like that, but like the levels, the depth of what Ocarina did as far as making it a unique gameplay experience, because it gave you so many different ways to handle the different situations, whereas in Link to the Past, it was very much do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, get to boss, and that's it. Do you not think that's because of the changes in the console? Like what the N sixty four actually allows. Oh, no, no. I think I think that plays a part in it too. And I and and I'm not saying that those things don't link to the I guess I'm trying to figure out how to best say it without sliding into the past. 
It's widely kind of known in the Zelda community that Link to the Past was first in a great Zelda game. But people say, people don't say Link to the Past is like, usually when people talk about best Zelda games, they say Ocarina, they say the first Zelda, and then they say Breath of the Wild. Like Link to the Past is usually fourth on the list. And it's because as good as Link to the Past, Link, Link to the Past didn't jump the first Zelda. Because even though it did all those things from a technological standpoint, it still felt very formatic and it didn't feel like refreshing. Like Ocarina of Time kind of was the okay, Nintendo like the Nintendo had Mario when the 64 came out. And then they had like besides besides Mario, Zelda was the big game coming out on 64. And nobody knew what was gonna happen with it, but like they had a, about a year marketing campaign for this game and like they basically dribbled out stuff for the year they finally released a trailer and then basically all hell broke loose trying to get to game trying to play the game so on the sofa because people just didn't know and, and everybody kind of came up with the same resolution of this thing does this 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 and this and yes it pulls some of these elements from from link to the past but it does it in such a way that's just mind-blowing from perspective of oh this is kind of sensational and yes the new console had a lot definitely had a lot to do with that but that in my mind doesn't change that it should get credit because the people that worked on the game kind of basically put a good four years into making this game for that purpose because they wanted to enhance the length of the past experience to make it the game that it is quick question can you play it with friends <laughs> no you can't play any Zelda game with friends though <laughs> no, no no but like just as far as like informationally as like it's part of the gaming experience, right? If you came over, like, am I just sitting on the couch watching you play? Yes, but the thing is, that's exactly what people did when that game came out. You gonna hand me the controller, though, Charles? I mean, I wouldn't let you play on my file, but I would let you go on your file and play yours. And I was sitting wow. on that's, I feel like back in those cool. times, it wouldn't even cool. matter if you let him play on your file. Like, what is he gonna do? <laughs> I mean, to me... I, well, I I had a younger brother, so to me it definitely mattered. We both. Had I mean, I I definitely did the same thing. Uh, I mean, worst case, I'm going to play a Pona song and ride around on a horse for a while. I didn't know that back then, though. I, you could have done something to completely ruin my game. I mean, Charles today would let you play, no problem. <laughs> but <laughs> Charles in '99, I did some quick research <laughs> based on the statements that you've made. I looked up three different web websites view of the best Zelda video games of all time. Uh. Breath of the Wild mm -hmm. is in the top three in all of them, and so is Link to the Past. Ocarina is in the top five. I'm just throwing it out there. Just, you know, putting it in the streets. That's fair. It's second on well, the Nintendo that, Life one, but it fair. was like fourth on another one. But I did have another, and that's neither here nor there. I'm just throwing it out there. I think there's so many, the top, like, six Zelda games I feel like are concrete, and then they just move around based on your preference. But I will say it seems like everybody puts Breath of the Wild top two for the most part it's either one or two in pretty much every list that you look at i think ocarina has a little bit more movement uh i am a person who played a link between worlds which from what i understand is basically just a link to the past so that is why that triggered when you described it i was like that's what i did in the link between worlds but i had yeah. the freedom you could go to whatever dungeon you wanted to go to in whatever order like it didn't control you mm -hmm. 
And you could jump back and forth freely. Honestly, A Link Between Worlds was the first Zelda game where, like, you could literally go to any dungeon and not do it. Like, you even in Ocarina of Time, there's still, like, some semblance of order right. you should go, but you have options. O- Link Between Worlds was the first one that it basically, like, you could go here, do this, you could go here, do this. And, like, the, basically the items mm-hmm. that you get Open stuff up. will yeah. help you if you have them. But if you don't, you can. Well, well right. there was some of them you couldn't. And then I do remember going into one and being like, I can't clear this gap because I didn't have the hook shot. I don't know the hook shot. Yeah. So then I had oh, to get yeah, it to get through because I definitely true. remember walking in and being like, okay, guess this is not for me yet. Uh, the only other thing I'll say is some of what you described, like the you have to get this to unlock this, and then you got to go backtrack to this place you're at before because now that you have this weapon, you can do that. I mean, that's uh, that's Metroid, is it not? Like that's what the Metroidvania thing is now is the backtracking with a new stuff with new stuff. And Metroid came out in what early nineties? Well, Metroid Zelda came out before Metroid. Metroid actually got it from Zelda. The Zelda you're talking about is what I'm talking about. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Ocarina of Time. Yeah, being yeah, yeah. Oh, innovative no, was, in that way. Well, I was more saying it not that it was the first game to do that. I was saying it was the game that it was. The Zelda series is what it was pulled from, and so. Those type of I'll give you that. Yeah, weren't really doing it until Zelda. That's more of what I meant. But it came from like the okay. first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it sounds like sounds like a good game. I mean, I thought I had played it, but after, I don't think I did. I played Majora's Mask back on the sixty four. Majora's Mask is awesome too, and people love Majora's Mask. I love I love Majora's Mask. I guess my biggest issue with Breath of the Wild is that to me, it doesn't feel like a Zelda game. It feels like a Fallout game. That's my biggest issue with it. I haven't played it, so I can't. Marcus, you played Fallout games. I did not play Fallout, any Fallout games. Oh, all right. It looks like it's better than (laughs) Fallout games to me. (laughs) It hooks you more, at least. Maybe Fallout is the wrong game. But but basically, it feels like a game where you do stuff, and you have to craft, and you have to potentially do back and forth. Like, you get weapons, and the weapons break on you, and you have to find more weapons, stuff like that. It it feels like a scavenge-type game as opposed to like an action adventure rpg and like i didn't enjoy that portion of it because i've just never really enjoyed those games that explains the the slander for breath of the wild well, no, so i was it, like why is he going to breath of the wild so hard yeah <laughs> when you I first mean, start your description it was like, it, basically what i'm saying this is a play school video game anybody well, who likes it has a palette that's not developed well right? no i wasn't even saying it like that because me calling it 808 just means it's so different from the rest of the class of the games that it's with from like just stylistically i wasn't i didn't mean it to be a slight like me not liking it is a preference thing not a like it does it's very much like i just don't like those type of games so they, that, did you like 808s yes i love 808s actually 808s is probably my second or third favorite kanye album he said second or third. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> See, you shouldn't have told me that. That's one of those things oh, you should have just man. took to your grave, man. I like 808s. I am a person that likes 808s, but second or third? Well, so here's the thing. Let's Y'all not go know- too long on this because we got two more games, but give it to me. Y'all know I don't like, I don't really rock with the graduation like that. So take that off the board already. So I still got two. Um, I would, Three. I like, hmm, I'm trying to figure out. I like, late registration is my one, obviously. Yeah. And so, I mean, it would be some combination of late registration, college dropout, or 808s. And I go back and forth between whether I like college dropouts or 808, second, or third. But late registration is one, without question. Not Dark Twisted Fantasy? Yeah, that's true. I would put, I would go Dark Twisted Fantasy, 808s, then college dropouts. So it would be third, then, if I had to listen to them. Oh, no. No, that's not what I saw happening. 
<laughs> I was I thought Twisted Fantasy was gonna leap up to three and push 808s back. I didn't know you were gonna be like, nah, you're right. Then, Let's kick college dropout out. Yeah. <laughs> I was with you, Tim, and then the oh, list man. got redone, and I was like, oh right, wait, cool. what? Yeah. I and I, I no, like 808s. I, I, I really like it. I, I and it it goes back for me. It goes to like, what do I listen to the most between those? I listen to. I listen to the and the ones in the order. Those are the order I basically listen to them too, and that's always been. I really, really love 808s though. I don't think I've listened to 808s in years. Yeah, I liked it when it came out. I played it a lot when it came out. I will still, and I am not one who loves. We're off topic. I'm gonna do this real quick, and then I'm gonna jump into my game. Yeah. Uh, I like Dark Twisted Fantasy, not nearly as much as everyone else though. I'm the same I, way. I like it more than 808s and Heartbreaks because there's more songs on there to me that I. But it wasn't my, I still prefer college dropout and late registration. Late registration being my favorite. Graduation is about even with it for me. It's 3A and 3B. But Twisted Fantasy is after, I mean, uh, 808s is after all of those. So, in my opinion. And before Yeezus. That's fair. And then before everything else, yay, release after Yeezus. All of it can, I'm done. One more thing before you move on. Do you think Kanye's first five albums are all classics? Well, obviously you don't. No. 808s, okay. No, they're not. All, I don't think. I don't think graduation is a classic. Okay, that was I think the, registration is a classic. That was a question I had about. Did you think graduation was? A nah. Classic? Okay. I don't know. The college dropout is a classic. If we're being real, it's a great freshman album. I don't know if it's a classic though. So you would just say late registration and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy definitely. Yeah, and twisted fantasy is from the artistry. Like I respect it more than I like listening to it. Kind of like uh, the pimp a butterfly. I respect it a lot more than I listen to the Ooh, whole album. That's a, I am not shading that album. <laughs> no, I know great, you're not. I know you're but not. But it is <laughs> a damn good kid in that. It's the third one that I like. Like, I like the other two more. You're not the first person I've heard say that. I think I still like it more than Good Kid. But, I mean, you're talking about those three albums. It's impossible to me. I love no. Good Kid. <laughs> no, I, I, I love To Pimp a Butterfly and Damn as well. So, I mean, but, like, it's, when you're arguing with those, like, yeah. Anyway. They're all great, though. That yeah, yeah. has a more of an argument for having three classics than Kanye's first whatever albums. If you said all three of those are classics, I'd be like, all right, I just disagree on one of them. Wait, we don't think all three of those don't are- like listening to, to Pimple Butterfly? <laughs> I, like, I don't listen to it as much. I like some, obviously, I like some of the songs because they're great, but I don't sit down and play the whole thing. I, I can do that with the other two albums. Start them at the beginning, play through, and be like, yep, I'm jamming to the whole joint. There's maybe one or two songs on Good Kid. Yeah, that's maybe it. But then to Pimper Butterfly, just running the joints, I'm not really, they're not pulling me as much, is all I'm saying. We're at 30 minutes. Really? So you don't I mean, like black people, Tim? I don't like that's black what people. He, I, I mean, <laughs> pardon? Oh, man. Japan changed you, dog. I felt this way before I left. We had a big argument about it at uh, Aiden's house. So. Actually, I remember. I remember that. I remember that actually. I enjoy shout the album. Out to Aiden. I, yeah, shout out to Aiden. Source of like a billion and one hip hop arguments that we've been in for ten years. Yeah, with intent because he does it on purpose. He, he just does, waits absolutely. for me to walk in and goes, "What can I say about Slaughterhouse?" And then <laughs> waits for the reaction, and I take the bait every time, like an idiot. Uh, all right, we're gonna table that. I'm gonna move into the second game so we can keep this thing flowing. I. So happily, Drew, The Last of Us is what I get to talk about first. So, a couple of things. Uh, Last of Us, uh, we're going to have spoilers. So, if you haven't played The Last of Us, and I'm a person that will respect spoilers for hundreds of years. Like, if you haven't seen Citizen Kane, I'm not going to tell you the ending. Like, that's where I'm at with it. Uh, 
there will be spoilers for The Last of Us. I'm gonna get into it. Marcus, you have something to say? Yeah, I haven't played The Last of Us. You're you don't count. <laughs> you're here. <laughs> oh, I, right. I was gonna you. say if you're gonna tell me to just not participate. You've had how long have we been yeah. telling you to play this yeah. damn game? I don't do zombies. Watch the damn game. It's not complicated. Go on YouTube, watch the game. The story is good enough to watch it as a movie. The HBO special we have coming indicates that that is true. Okay. And anyway. I would like to follow up with that with, are there zombies in that movie? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're not zombies. Yeah, I don't They're do zombies. zombies They're not zombies. They're infected. They are functional zombies. I mean, I guess. Technically, they anyway, didn't Continue die. about your zombie game. Okay. So, The Last of Us is one of the greatest storytelling games we have ever gotten. And I'll stand on that mountain until the end of time, shouting down at the peasants who don't believe me. So, now I think about The Last of Us. Obviously, the story is paramount. It is a zombie game, but it's not a zombie game in the way that we were used to zombie games up to this point. Usually, when you got a zombie game, it was your Resident Evils, your Dead Nation, where it's, it's either a horror game where zombies are the scary... Or it's a horde murder slaughter game where you're just running through hordes of zombies and you're shooting and you're just having fun doing it. This was neither of those. The zombies were not the star of the the game and neither were the fights that you just had with whoever was in the world. Because at the time, The Walking Dead was already out. We already knew that the scariest thing in the zombie apocalypse is what people turn into. That was already done. But this was more about following the character's what had happened to the characters that caused them to turn into who they were, the dynamics between them, and then what you do in a world where pretty much any sort of, uh, where humanity is being erased, sometimes out of necessity, right? You have to become less and less uh, connected to humans so you can do the stuff you need to do to survive um, or connected to your own humanity. And then what happens when somebody turns that torch back on and then you're still in that world. So I'm going to just give a brief synopsis of what happened in case you haven't played this game, as long as everybody's cool with that. Charles, are you good? Everybody yeah, good? I'm going to just run through it. Okay, so basically, story starts. Uh, main character is named Joel, one of the main characters. Zombie apocalypse starts. Uh, he is escaping the city, um, and he is escaping with his daughter and his brother. He gets to a checkpoint where the government has already started trying to lock stuff down and pre- prevent infected people from leaving. Uh, and in the scuffle, which is not really a scuffle, a police officer shoots at him because his boss told him to, and he's just following orders. Uh, his daughter gets murdered. So then we fast forward about 20 years, I think. Joel is a smuggler, and the obviously civilization is falling apart to a degree, uh, and everybody lives in these militarized uh, zones that are safe from infected and have all these rules. A lot of people do, not everybody, and then some people live out in these little enclaves. So basically the story is you find a girl named Ellie, who's the other main character. Uh, she has been bitten by a zombie. Usually it takes you two days to turn. She was bitten three weeks ago, allegedly. So she might be the key to saving humanity because she's immune. So the game basically follows them going from where they were to take her to this special hospital where, in theory, they can use her to cure this virus because it's a virus in this it's turning people into this thing you can breathe it in through spores or you can be bitten um but what trent the the trip what happens is you meet other characters and their dynamic changes because remember this is 20 years after this man's child has died and he's 
walking around with a girl who was about the age his daughter was when she died. And you see them start out as very, Joel is, I don't want to take this kid, but she's a job, so I'm going to do it. Ellie is very uh, flippant and teenage angsty. And then they develop kind of a father-daughter relationship as they go along. The beauty of it is one, the way they write the dynamic between them, the little conversations they have when you're just walking through sections. You're not fighting zombies or anything. You're kind of just climbing through a building and you see the relationship change. And they do a really, really good job of setting up what the ending will be, which is very important to their relationship. Um, I just wanted to point out a couple of the other people that you meet in this. You have the Harry and Sam arc. Are you familiar with the, you remember these characters? Not you, Marcus, Charles? Yes, yes. Okay. So you meet two characters, brothers. They're brothers. They're just trying to survive just like you. Um, and it's very, very uh, emotionally triggering and sad. So you meet them. You're working together. Obviously, there's a distrust because you can't trust anybody in the zombie apocalypse. Um, but this kid is the same age as Ellie. You know, there's this dynamic. There's this, like, uh, duality between the two. The kid gets bitten. Uh, he turns and he attacks Ellie. And then you have this moment where you have to decide, I have to save Ellie. I have to kill this kid, which is already hard enough. And his brother is also here. So in that, that fight, that confrontation, the brother kind of stops you from intervening because that the older brother stops you from intervening because although it is a zombie now, that is his little brother. And he takes it upon himself to kill him, to save Ellie. But, because of the stress and strain and pain of having to kill your own brother, he then shoots himself in the head immediately. That is a scene that stayed with me after I played this game. During the draft. How does that play out? Is it straight cinematic or? Uh, yes. You you trigger it by walking. You walk into the back room because they tell you to like go get him because he didn't wake up in time. And when you get into the back room, he pop. He is making the zombie noises. Zombie. And then he attacks yeah. you. And then the rest of that is cinematic. Yeah. Okay. But you watch Joel grab the gun. He stops you. I don't remember the exact how, but basically the older brother stops you. And then you guys kind of argue briefly and then he shoots him. But then it's like, shoot the little kid. Oh, damn, that sucks. Little man, little Sam had to die because he got bitten. And you pan over to Henry who puts the gun to his head and pulls the trigger. He doesn't like, that's it. There's no, they don't give you time to recover from either thing. But it has like a kind of a realism to it. And it reminds you of like what world they're actually in here. Uh, so that like stuck with me is what I was saying. And that's something about this game that I think is unique. A lot of games, you play through the whole story, you finish the game, you think about it for a little bit, and then you never really think about the story of the game again. You remember it was good. You remember the bones of it, but you don't remember these minute to minute interactions, but this game is different. Anything? Anyway, I can keep going. I got I, it. I no, I didn't expect this angle from your argument of that like Last of Us pulls at your heartstrings. Okay. Okay. That's that's it's all emotion. I, the story is emotion for me. Yeah. Go I didn't ahead, really Charles. think that he was really, I mean I'm sorry, I didn't really think he was arguing. I think he was just kind of telling the game. Mm-hmm. Like that's true though. Fair. It is. I'm hitting the strong points of the game, and I think this yeah. is one of I will tell you that I played probably the first half an hour. So for some random reason on like a Saturday morning, I woke up at 6 a.m. Y'all know me. I don't wake up early. And I decided to start playing Last of Us. Mm -hmm. And by the time my wife woke up, I was just sitting on the couch looking at her like, baby girl died. 
I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> like, I'm done. Let's just get a. I, I'm not. I'm out of here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but there's like six of those moments in the game. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a skill. Like to have to be able to do that and do it well. It didn't feel cheap on any of them because you know a game could do that where it's just like a throwaway. It's like okay, I have. We're looking at you, Call of Duty. Exactly. It's like I don't care. How many characters are going to kill? Everybody's dead. Yeah, like, okay, another main <laughs> character died. There's no main characters. I got it. Oh, um, so, so, yeah. <laughs> so, there was that moment. Um, there was another one with a guy named Bill. And not to, I won't go too deep into this one, but he's just a character that helps you move forward in the story. But they have this discussion, or there's this story that you read through letters, which is another thing that Last of Us does very, very well, which I think other games have stolen. It, they weren't the first people to do it, but I think they did it better than most, where they're telling side stories in the game through these letters that are left. Letters, notes, whatever. Um, you can choose to read them or you can choose to not, but they make it, excuse me, very easy to read them and keep going with the story. It doesn't bog it down. You don't have to go into a separate menu. You pick the thing up, you read it, and you dip out. Um, but there's so many little side stories that you get. And it might be three notes where you just learn about a family that lost the father and are trying to survive. And then you see the bodies in the room and then you read the note where they decide to hunker down here and wait for somebody to come and save them. And it never happened. And you see, but you like in the game, see their skeletons and you take resource. You know what I'm saying? Like it really connects like what's really happening. Most I feel like in these games, there's that like I am the the main character and I'm moving through the world. I'm not really in it. Like the world exists to give me the resources that I need to kill the things I need to kill or whatever the case may be. Uh, whereas this game marries it all together. Not only are you in this world, you're a part of it and you are contributing to things because the other part is some of the stuff that happens to some of these people. We know that Joel was not a good dude or is not a good dude when the game starts. He could very well have done any of this to anyone. You know what I mean? Like he could have ambushed this group and they hinted that throughout the game, which is also very well done where, I think there's somebody's like, oh, we need help on the side of the road. They're driving by. Ellie's like, we got to stop to help them. And Joel's like, nah, I used to play that trick on people all the time. Mans ain't hurt. It's a whole gang of people that's going to jump out and murder us if we help that dude. And he keeps going. And it's just like a 10 second, like a little cut scene and you keep rolling. But it adds so much to like, okay, Joel was like a bad, bad dude before this. Like he was not, he would have been the dude you might have been fighting if depending on who you were playing in the game. Um, so... Uh, there was another guy, Bill. He had, uh, they it's like a love interest. One, it was a same-sex relationship, which in 2013 was still a little edgy, like to actually throw it into the game. Um, but you just see what happens if you're in a world where people aren't available and then the person you get paired with kind of sucks. <laughs> like, how do you handle that? And then how does it feel to be the person who sucks? You know what I mean? When you find out this person decided to kill themselves rather than be alone with you any longer. And then they do give the player the agency to really talk about it to him or not. Um, but really the game is the character development between Ellie and Joel. By the end of it, uh, you go to this hospital. They say, yes, we're going to use Ellie to cure this potentially, maybe, which I had a problem with. But in order to do it, we got to cut a brain out. And then Joel decides to murder everything in order to save Ellie. And he does so effectively. He kills everybody in the hospital. He kills all the people that were hel helping the hospital people. And then he lies to Ellie about what happened twice. Uh, with the last one being another moment that stays with you where she asks, like, what really happened in there? Is everything that you told me true? After he's told her, the doctors said that there is no cure and they didn't need you. That's why we left. 
and you can see she knows he's lying and he lies directly to her face and she just says, okay. And then they keep going and that's the end of the game, which I think is a flawless ending to a game that has no happiness or joy in it. Like you were sitting looking at Aaron, like baby girl died at the end of this game. I just like stared at the screen, went laid in bed, (laughs) hugged my wife and went to sleep. Like I was like, I don't want to talk about nothing. (laughs) There's no bright, there's no light. Humanity is doomed. So I will be fair and say there is a con. Gameplay ain't that great. It's all right. It's just straight. Like, especially when you go back and play it. Like, it's cool, but really you're playing the game to get through the story. So, I think it is, it moved the storytelling of what video games could be up. And now, like you said, for Ocarina of Time, a new bar is set to what you have to do with a story for it to be a story-driven game. You can't just put in the basic story we've heard before have middling character development or a character that doesn't develop, a.k.a. Kratos in every game until the last God of War and call it. A, he does. He is the same dude in all of those games. At the beginning of the first one, he's a Spartan. At the end, he's the God of War. <laughs> At the beginning of the second one, he's the God of War. At the end, he murders all of the Mount Olympus. Still the God of War. Yeah. Uh, you're completely right. I'll yeah. just always defend those games by playing them. He doesn't develop until we get to the last game. Yes. Yeah, he has none. He's angry, angrier, and very, very angry. It's like a, a element of rage. At one point, he had a brother. That was a uh, PS Vita game. He had a brother. Did so. he kill him? Nah. You sure? Because I nah. feel like he kills everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. He might have. Uh, but that's why I feel like The Last of Us is the greatest game of the 2013. What you got? Give it to me. What you got? Can you play it with a friend? You're going to have a friend watch? <laughs> okay. But they can also just put it on YouTube? Yes, they can put it on YouTube, yes. I will say this okay. is a very good uh, my girlfriend slash wife slash boyfriend slash husband would like to watch me play a game. I'll just say spouse. That's the appropriate terminology. This is one where they can sit next to you and actually be entertained for most of the time. It's like a good watch. If they aren't afraid of zombies. If they aren't afraid of zombies, correct. But you're not even really... Nobody afraid of zombies. Just don't fuck with zombies. If they they fuck with zombies. No, I think he's afraid of zombies. Wait, how is that the same thing? I'm not afraid of zombies. I mean, when I... when I said you being afraid, when I said afraid, I didn't mean it in a scared way. I mean it in a you just don't want to. It's like the whole, you don't want to put certain things in your spirit. You don't want to put zombies in your spirit. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, I was going to say, if we were sitting somewhere and somebody came in and was like, hey, Ricky outside, he said he tired of you talking that nonsense. And he was like, I don't fuck with Ricky. I'm staying in the house. I'd be like, he's scared. He's scared. It's cool, but he's scared. Well, see, I don't think that that's a real life example. Okay. I don't think you could apply that to video games necessarily. <laughs> Maybe not, but I'll throw it out there. <laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, I might but say like, too. But there's a whole lot of things that I'm not scared of that I don't fuck with. But yeah. But yes. Last of Us. Um, I think Last of Us is an interesting choice. Me. I think. Uh, I mean, just weighing story mm-hmm. versus gameplay, like. I think he gave us a brand new perspective on games that was a very strong story mm-hmm. first game. But if it doesn't game well, then or is it just a, a story masquerading as a video game? I well, I would say it doesn't not game well. Like it it's just the gameplay wasn't like, yo, this is the most innovative 
refreshing. Like the gameplay was fine. The gameplay was definitely good enough to play, but the story is the shine. I see what you're saying though. How would you describe the gameplay? Uh, like, is it classic? Just Call of Duty controls you no, sneak and no, no, shoot no. and cover uh, It's a, I mean, it's a stealth game at its heart. I would say because you're not. It's not. It's a okay. and it's a scarcity game. So it's oh, kind of like yeah. the survival games to an extent, but not super deep. The whole goal of the game is you're not supposed to fight all the zombies. Like you don't have the bullets or the weaponry yeah. or the health to fight all the zombies. There are zombies that can kill you in essentially one hit. So the idea is that you are sneaking past most of the zombies and fighting just enough to get to the next area. I would say it's a mi- and that I would say why I didn't play probably it. a mixture of the way Metal Gear Five plays, um, and what was the other game I was thinking in my head. Metal Gear Solid 5? Yes. So the way, because you know, well, one of the options for Metal Gear 5, you could do it the stealth way, but a lot of people go guns blazing in it because it kind of gives you alternatives. So, But you can't really guns guns blazing last. You can, but you're going to lose. Well, no, no. Well, I was more perspective that particular part of Metal Gear 5. I was going to say it's more mm-hmm. of that and Resident Evil 2. It was, honestly, it's Resident Evil 2 with a bit more action and a lot less resources. That's kind of the way. But, but it plays like, honestly, to me, it plays very similar to. Um, what's that game called? That I. While you're thinking, I will say this: the only thing with Resident Evil Two is, and I didn't play Resident Evil games, but Resident Evil is about shooting the zombies, right? I know you have a limited amount of ammunition, but you're killing them effect efficiently so that you can get through. Whereas I don't think this game prioritizes killing them at all. I think you can do all, most of the encounters. Like there's boss encounters where you have to kill the thing, but. For most of the in-between sections, if you're good enough at stealthing and moving through, you can move through without killing anything. Okay, like you don't uh, have to fire a shot. That's true. Um, the game I was thinking of was it plays similar a lot, like to me, a more stealthy version of Uncharted. I mean, is, they're made by the same people, so I can see. Yeah, that. yeah, it makes sense. But to me, it's like honest. It's weird because, like, I enjoyed my playthrough through The Last of Us, and. I didn't think the gameplay was that bad, and I thought the story was phenomenal, but like, and this is me not comparing the two games. I think Last of Us gets a lot of love because the story is out of this world, but like, Mm -hmm. if it came to picking a game where the story is out of this world, but the gameplay leaves a lot to be desired, or I could go play a game like Uncharted that has them both at a decently high level, not to say that I'm not saying the story of Uncharted is comparable to the story of Last of Us, because I think that's, I think the story of Last of Us is one of the greatest like stories in video game history. But I don't think the I think there's a lot. I think Uncharted does them both well enough that that experience was more enjoyable for me than the Last of Us experience because the gameplay for The Last of Us was so like uncertain. And maybe it's because it was their first. Like I felt like Last of Us Two, the way it looked because I, I just watched that one. It felt more game. The gameplay was better with that one. Leaps and bounds better. The yeah. gameplay was much more developed. I like the story of the first one better, but I also love The Last of Us too. So that could yeah. be a whole other conversation we have. The thing with Uncharted versus The Last of Us, I think that's a matter of preference. I don't think that obviously the story in Uncharted is really, really, really well done, but it's not like something I've never. It's like it's Indiana Jones. It's you know, yeah, it's yeah. But it's a really good story, but that's I prefer fair. The Last of Us kind of stories. Period. If that's you give fair. me. The I'm the swashbuckling charismatic guy. I'm gonna run over here and collect the treasure. Or you give me this dark and gritty uh, examination of society and civilization and human nature and yada yada yada. I'm gonna take that that one every time. Okay. Did The Last of Us come out before or after Dying Light? I believe it was before. 
I think it was before Dying Light. Because Dying I kinda, Light, I feel like, has a different goal as I was, well. I was more specifically referencing the story that's to say of Dying Light. Uh, Dying Light came out in 2015. This okay, came so out in 2013. Yeah, that was so. After. Okay, so I yeah, can yeah. now now knowing that I can the elements that they pulled from the Last of Us storytelling makes a lot it makes a lot more sense. But yeah, I agree with the Dying Light was kind of a different goal altogether. Like. Right, which is apparently also a respectable game that I, I've never played, but I've heard good things. It's just really yeah. good. I think a lot of things took from The Last of Us after it did what it did, and then I think God of War looked at The Last of Us and was like, okay, so this is, okay, that's the thing that you can do. You can reach those heights, and then obviously completely different style of story, but very similar in that we have a, a, a parent-child dynamic, and then we see it go along and change as it goes. But we'll get into that when we get into the God of War, which I have to do. So that's all I really have for it. I think when I looked at the cons for it, I was like, the gameplay isn't crazy. I cannot think of another con. It's the perfect length, I think. Um, Wait, you, has, think, you think that game is a... You don't think that game is too long? The Last of Us 1? No. Yes. Last of Us 2? Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Last of like, Us 1, I think, is perfect. I felt like Last of Us 1 was decently long, too. Like, I don't it's, know where they could have cut... I, I don't know where they could have cut, cut. I don't know. I'm thinking of it. I don't know what they could have cut out to make it less long, but it felt like a, like towards the end, I was, it's literally because like I felt invested enough in the story to keep playing to get to the end, but it was very, an ex, it became an exercise towards the end. Now there's much so have two. that feeling. Great. Not as much so in two, but yeah. Two, uh, I was definitely ready to, for it to, the movie to be over. Right. And that's, it's kind of like the movies when the movie is like two and two hours and 40 minutes long. You've been in the one where you're like, bruh, you could have cut this at 150 and we'd have been out of here. And I'm just wait, I'm just watching because I'm already here. Yeah. Whereas some of those movies, they do that and you're like, it didn't feel that long. How long was uh, Infinity War? Shout out to the Snyder Cut. Which is what, three hours? Four hours? Four hours. And I'm going to be I'm in watching for all, all of, of them. Infinity, Infinity War wasn't oh, that yeah. long, but Endgame was. In game, maybe is what I'm thinking. In game was, long, game but it didn't long. feel super. It didn't feel as long as it was to me. I knew it was long because I've been there for a long time, but it didn't have that. All right, wrap it up to me at least. The, the second watch through definitely, did, but the first one, yeah, no, I was. I get that. And it, so, End Game in theaters the first time felt like we were there a long time, but yeah. we needed it. You were like, hold on, we got a yeah, lot yeah. to wrap up right here. Right. Everybody, calm down. Like, we'll right. get through this, and then you watch it back, and you're like. All right, we're, we're still here. I know what's going to happen. Yeah, y'all it just, doesn't work the same. Speed us up. Yeah. Like, hey, cat. Right. Stop talking. Uh, Infinity War was two hours and 40 minutes. What was Infinity War? Honestly, it did not. Huh? Well, Infinity War, there was action throughout the entire movie. Avengers. Literally right yeah. down to the last second. Y'all are people. Uh, Endgame jumped, was three hours and two minutes. Go ahead. Yeah. The Infinity War jumped out the gate with um, Thanos murking people. <laughs> Like, cause it started on the ship, and like yeah, the yeah. rest of the movie, and then was he just, just went up. straight into it, set the tone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, know what the fuck I'm gonna bust his ass, and I'm a ch- yeah. So, I and I am one. So yes, did Endgame. Did. That's true. Are y'all y'all are Infinity War over Endgame, correct? And then we have to get into our last games. Absolutely, yes. Or I'm Endgame over Infinity War all day. Like, it's not even close. It is close because Infinity War was still great, but I like Endgame better. Marcus, I probably go Endgame. Oh, all right. I thought it was just me. I feel like we had this conversation once, and I said that, and everybody was like, brah, Infinity War is superior. So Infinity War gets a lot of, like, honestly, what I expect from the Suicide Squad movie. 
um, just you get this split into teams and people go on places and, and I, it's just too many chess pieces moving around. I'm like, I don't want to keep up with all this. Like, what? Why are War Machine and Oh Girl like on it? Like the teams were just random. A lot of it didn't make sense. And the choices for why they split up and what they were doing after they split up was some of it yeah. was come on, son. Like we could have maximized these teams too. I could understand like wondering why who was who, but them actually splitting was because he was scrambling to get all the infinity stones and they were trying to stop him. We yes, I understand why they decided to split up, but the motivations were not all earned, is my feeling. And and the like also why are you doing this this way? Yes. The hubris involved of like we can stop him if we split up. Like, no, y'all have one stone, get everybody together, we're gonna lock this down. Because right. otherwise, we're pretty much screwed. Yeah, y'all saw Scooby Doo. When he was at three, that was enough to end this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it never worked. Told, too, like, you have to kind of, for it for them to kind of get to where they need to go to win at the end of the day, they kind of had to fail. Like, they didn't have to fail to where half the world was erased. But <laughs> apparently, <laughs> they, they did, they started according from- to Dr. Strange. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Dr. Strange checked all the options yeah. out. So, yeah. We should probably get to MLB the show at some point. We're at 57 minutes. <laughs> All right. It's my turn. MLB the show, specifically on the PlayStation 4. All right. So I've asked both of you guys mm-hmm. can you play either of your games with friends? He's been setting this no. up so hard. We all saw it. I he telegraphed a like, lot of it. Like, okay, what do I have uh, over these games? Mm. You can play it with friends. That's I'm a just lot that I have. That. Okay, give me the yes, no. You cannot play okay. The Last of Us cooperatively. Although The Last of Us did have a multiplayer, so yes, you can. I take it back. Okay, there you go. And technically, Charles, I played Ocarina of Time oh, in I'm, tandem I'm with Mark all the time. But you're I'm just aware. selfish, and we'll let everybody else play. So cool, cool, cool. cool. We're just going to take that against you. Because you said I couldn't play on your save. And we got beef over that. Why would you not just play on your own safe? I'm sharing my comments. there, Charles. So? I didn't know you in 1999. Stop going. I told you in 2020 you could play on my safe. Uh-huh. Also, our friends don't like playing baseball games, so multiplayer isn't really a thing here. Really? Uh, isn't you. Marcus your friend? I also like it. Except for you. That's two. So my choice of MLB the show is for the accessibility. <laughs> Go ahead. Because I know, despite what you say, Charles, if I booted up a home run derby with Ken Griffey Jr. and hand you the controller, you're playing. Facts. I didn't say um, I hadn't played before. I have. Yeah. Okay. Game. I'm just saying everybody will play it. It's baseball. It's America's pastime. If you've ever held a bat. It's, uh, yeah, okay, forget it. It's not America's best time. Basketball's America's best. Well, football is, but. <laughs> so I think it's the way that MLB The Show is set up with, it's made itself extremely accessible. I've at work booted up my PlayStation and during a baseball rain delay played home run derby with people that don't know how to use a PlayStation controller. And it's hit that button when you want to hit the ball. And anyone can do that. So you can go from that. You can play Road to the Show where you create your own character, work them through the minor leagues. Those games take about seven minutes every time. 
So you can get in, play a game, get out. You can play a game mode that they've designed to take 30 minutes, play a full game, 30 minutes, three innings, you're good to go. You can go through and you can create a team and draft all the players that you want and set it up to play the way you want, you know, have pitchers that pitch a certain style and defense that complements that. You can set your lineup so that you have power hitters where you want them along with your contact hitters. And it's really as deep as you want the game to be. The big knock on MLB The Show for me is, you know, not really having any good music. I play my own music the full time. And the fact that it's, you know, baseball. And not everybody wants to play baseball, as Charles has so generously demonstrated at the beginning of this. Right. I mean, the music thing is standard for, I feel like, everything especially sports games. I yeah, mute all music as soon as Fair. the game comes on and play my own stuff. The announcers haven't talked on my 2K20 game in about six months. <laughs> you want to know something really jarring, which doesn't help the point at all. When you accidentally leave on like sound effects or PA commentary. So I turned off everything in 2K, or at least I thought I did. I was playing my own music. And then they would just shout the name of the random player who just hit a layup. <laughs> so they were That's just funny. like, Ted. And I was like, where the Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, my argument for MLB The Show, it is made to reward loyalty. But it's a fun, accessible way to get into baseball and just play a little bit here and there if you want. It's got some modes that you can play steadily or however often you want. And I think that flexibility makes it a really good game. That makes sense. I do have, I got a question. Uh, would you say that MLB, the show, is the best baseball game we've ever gotten? Yes. Would you say it is of the sports games? Is it one of the best sport games? It doesn't have to be the best, but one of the best sports games we've ever gotten. I think its gameplay is tighter than 2K. Okay. I think that because of the multiple modes that it has, it's a little easier to play than, say, Madden. Because it has those modes where you can just kind of pop in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. it, what's up? No, no, it was nature of baseball. So, like, if you are a you only at bat how many times in a game, so right. you can get through a game faster, and, and you can get through yeah. a game. Right, it takes advantage of some of the nature of baseball, right, to quicken games. So, my road to the show player is a catcher. So, I basically only play when I have to throw people out, people bunt, or when I'm at bat. And those are the fun events that I want to play. Right. Otherwise, you know, I'm just kind of getting through it. So, yeah, seven minutes for a game. If I've got 30 minutes, I can knock out a whole series, upgrade my character, and keep it moving. I like um, the thing I like about the show. Um, I will say that it does get people that aren't into baseball into baseball. Like, it has that kind of pull because of the different modes that it has. Like, you can, like you were kind of explaining, there's so many different options you can do. That like will make you pull, will make you say, "Hey, well, that kind of player is kind of good," and then you kind of get intrigued. Well, like I want to know about these different things and stuff like that, which you may not get if you're the casual baseball fan. I, I think the show itself, the series, has done so well because it does like I, the gameplay is tighter than 2K. I enjoy like playing FIFA more, but it has more modes than FIFA even necessarily. So there's a little bit of something for everybody for the show, and like 
when it lacks, like if you don't know baseball players, you might not have the gravitational pull to just pick it up and randomly start doing something. But I feel like the, for those people that like just like video games and try to do it, they might get intrigued enough to where they do so. Whereas like I feel like with FIFA and with 2K, that that benefits from having them even like Madden. Too, I don't haven't played Madden in years, but even with that, it benefits from having the name kind of value of the actual athletes that are playing the game that are in the game. Be like, hey, is this person in here? Let me see what's going on with that. Just because in 2020, baseball players are just less recognizable than even like soccer players to a degree. I mean, definitely. Yeah. And baseball's done that to themselves. But I think yeah. that within those multiple modes, you know, there's challenges based on historical players, current players. Yeah. So you can go up and the game can ask you, you know, hit a home run with Babe Ruth. And you go hit that home run. And then the next challenge is strike people out with not Nolan Ryan. And so you kind of end up working your way through baseball. It's kind of like, uh, do you remember the, there's college football games where they had to play the classic games mode and you had to do mm-hmm. specific things. It's kind of like those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they've done that in a few games and it, it yeah. works like every time they do it. Even, I think there was a couple of, I don't remember if it was 2K or not, where it was like, play the, this fourth quarter moment, you got to score, you're Tracy McGrady, you got to score 14 points in mm-hmm. a minute and a half. Right. And then they start doing those for live games too. Like, uh, you're Devin mm-hmm. Booker, score 50. Gotcha. Uh, I would... Some of the stuff that you're describing was MLB the show the first to do those things. I know home run derby has been in baseball games forever. Franchise right. mode has. What does does the show do something different? Um, are you talking about a specific year? I guess I should ask first. Or are you talking about the show as a whole? Or did we? Pick I'm talking 19? about it as a whole because okay. It, I don't think the differences between the years are significant enough for okay. us to even differentiate them. I, know, I think I know what you're trying to ask, Tim. You're basically talking about like the modes where like you cutting out the meat, the bone meat in the rest of the games and just playing your parts. I feel like games like Madden, even like to a degree like NCAA football, where like if you're a running back in the road for the Heisman, you're playing those specific moments, stuff like that. So those have always sports games with the individual type stuff where you're the individual player. They have those different things that you could do. See, I feel I like know. they didn't do that. And did they do that in like the NCAA and stuff? Mm-hmm. I thought you ended up yeah. playing like if I was a running back, I still had to block on passing downs. If I was a wide receiver, I mean, you do, but that's ran all the but routes, part of whether the I got the ball or not. I mean, if you're starting running back, yes, but like you would play those, but you have the option to where you could simulate and play the big moments too. And like Madden was the same way where you did certain things. And like, I guess what you're saying is, but in the show, you can choose to whether you want to play the whole game or whether you want to play True. the big moments, right? So yeah, it's not correct. Like you have to do that. And, to I know and that too. you can choose on a game by game basis. Yeah. In right. The show too. I guess what I'm asking is how much of that was the show put it in or the show just did a really good job of implementing these things that have already been I, present? think the show really refined a lot of these things gotcha. i think the process of so for example in road to the show when you're in the minor leagues you play five game series right okay. and you don't you have about a 20 second load in between each game so you just keep going one two three four five and you don't have to exit out and reload the game every time. And so it just becomes efficient like that. I, I appreciated that greatly when I started playing. Because right. that's the thing that annoys me with 2K where it's like the, I play the game, I'm out. They do a little bit better of, with it now in the last one that I played where you can just right. hit, okay, play another game. But I thought that was great about the show where it was like just run it until you have to go back. Right. 
So as long as you're facing the same team, you're just good to go, which actually helps you playing wise because you can actually get into a rhythm as a player, right? And mm-hmm. you can start looking for the pitches you want and get familiar with how your player bats and, you know, how people are pitching you. And mm-hmm. so I think in the way that they built it, it draws you more into the game, and that's what makes it special. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I like I definitely do not disagree that MLB The Show, it seems like it takes all the elements of baseball games and just does them at a very high level. Right. Which I think is uh, it's is something to be applauded. Uh, I it got me. I played baseball games. I guess when I was in like middle school, there was like some random like Sega or Super Nintendo or something baseball game that I used to like playing, and they're always fun. That's the thing about baseball games; they're always at the very least fun for the most part, as long as the hitting is fun, because that's all you really right. care about. That's um, all you care about. But the show does a really. And has done for a very long time a very good job of representing baseball. I think there is something to say for the fact that is there another baseball game that it has to compete with? RBI Baseball, which is made by the league, but they mostly made it to compete on mobile platforms. Gotcha. Okay. So I think that does, there's something to say for the fact that it's like, we don't really have, it's the same thing with, I guess, everything now, Madden 2K. You have what you have, so there's no nothing to look at to say, oh, this could have been done better. At least FIFA has um, Pro Evolution Soccer, where people will say, okay, gameplay is better in PES, franchise mode is better in FIFA, but there's some back and forth, but there's really right. minimal that you can say about the baseball game. Another thing I'll give the show a shout out for is it's not, it doesn't do the monetization stuff the way 2K does. It seems like it's it's in there, but it's not intrusive. And it's not in your face, whereas 2K gets in the way of the motherfucking game. 2K weaves it into literally everything, every mode that you play. And Mm -hmm. MLB The Show does a great job of keeping it into one mode, Mm -hmm. which is your dynasty team, your Diamond Dynasty team. And you literally pull packs of cards for that. Yeah. But if you're not playing that... And cards are given... Easily, you get a card just for turning on the game every day, so which is a negative with the thing because <laughs> man's yells at me every time I turn on a game. Welcome back to MLB the show. We're gonna give you a card, and I'm like, All right, every <laughs> single time, no, just give me the card and keep it quiet. They're just happy you're here, yeah. Just he's just so here. enthusiastic, he needs to bring it down a notch. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think every I agree with everything that you said about MLB the show. We're gonna have to get to a vote here, so I would say the only in comparing the three games. I feel like MLB The Show is a representation of a well-executed video game, but I don't know that it pushed any boundaries, did anything differently. Um, If I'm putting it in the sports sphere, I don't, and this is just me talking, I don't know that it's like, you remember when such and such game came out, that was, I don't think it's going to be that in the future. That was impactful where we talked about uh, Madden with Vic. Like that was a, Thing. Right. Like everybody remember I remember the NBA Live that had Iverson on the cover and how much fun it was to just break people down from three point because that game was broken and you could cross over anybody. But like those kinds of tech mobile is something that people from our generation always remember. I don't know that it has that. Right. So I don't, but I do think it's the best example of a tightly woven sports game that we have now. I, no, okay, I, I could I could go with that. 
are we have have has everyone exhausted their arguments? Are we ready to vote on what's going to move on to the next round? Does anybody have anything else they would like to say? I do have one thing, but I'd like y'all to go first. I have okay. I'll say my thing just since okay. I'm on a roll here. Mm-hmm. But having the only sports game, mm-hmm. I would say that there's a level of escapism that comes with sports games in particular when they especially on the road to the show mode where they give you your own storyline and you can you create your own vendettas against teams you create your own rivalries that is somewhat immersive and is appreciated and being able to do that in 20 minutes is unique and nice okay got anything to to say to defend uh zelda ocarina of time charles no, I think I'm I'm solid. Uh, the only thing I wanted to do is because I do think it's a good point of the fun factor playing with your friends. I just want to reiterate that The Last of Us had a multiplayer <laughs> factions. It was well, well, well regarded. I only played it a little bit. I know we have, I think Steve and Eddie probably put more time into that than they did the actual game. They loved it. The parts that I played, I really enjoyed and a lot of people loved it. So The Last of Us kind of got you covered on both fronts. I'm just putting that out there into the streets for your consumption. So we're voting for two games to go through. Two games to go through. You do not have to vote for your own game, obviously, if you have been swayed. Uh, Wait, I thought we were voting for one game to go through and then doing a four. Because I thought this was going to be four. We do one, 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 and then the final. That's what I thought. I could be wrong. That's what I thought we said initially. No, I think we usually vote out one thing because remember we no. had. Go ahead. No, I that, I know that when we talked about it, I know that's what we usually do. I thought we were going to make this one a shorter one, though. We don't have to. I just that's what that's what I thought. I think Charles is right. We were going to do one, one, one because I couldn't then, really. I didn't know how we would like if we're going to play this, use the same games. How do we do this every? How do we basically go re-explain the game? Like it's hard to it, hold that. Be, like, it would be fighting each other. You'd have to explain why yeah. your game is better than the other game. It's more okay. That's fine. We can vote one to go through because I like the shorter. So that's what we're doing. You're probably uh, right. I just forgot. So, what is the one game <laughs> that makes this vote? <laughs> that so makes much the decision harder. much harder. <laughs> okay. Well, let's do this then. Let's say you can't vote for your own game because that takes okay. away a vote for your own All game. All right. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Who's the oldest? I was going to go with who, let's just go in reverse order where we did our discussions. So, either way, I'm going. Either first. way, Marcus. Is going I mean, yeah, first, either yeah. way, you're going first. That's fine. Charles um, is dead. That's so we could go last. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> Correct. He's Charles, thinking. can I play on your save though? No. <laughs> okay, I vote for Last of Us. Yeah. Thank you, Charles, for sticking to your guns. Terrible decision. All right, so I got to vote second. Yes. Oh, I can't vote for my own game. Ugh. Yeah. Nope. So I was like, oh, I'm definitely voting for The Last of Us. No one swayed me here. Yeah. Uh, I guess I would go, go Ocarina for, for what we're doing and the representations. I, I mean, from what he described, it sounds like a great And it's a great game. Everybody wow. knows it's a great game. And it's from one of the greatest franchises we have. So, See wow. what being petty gets you, Marcus? I wasn't even being petty. <laughs> How am I the one being petty? You won't let me play. Effects. I mean, I guess I should have said I would let you play in 2020, which is what I've been saying consistently. So, which I would, just not in 2019. Shouldn't have changed his vote, but go ahead. I mean, it wouldn't. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm going to vote for Last of Us. Yeah, Last of Us wins. Now I got to look up more on their multiplayer so I can describe it better. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't. You don't have to. 
Uh, <laughs> all right. So with that, The Last of Us is going on to the next round. Put a little check mark in the old booklet next to The Last of Us. I will be honest. I feel like I cheated because I picked like all like top 98 plus Metacritic score <laughs> games for mine, <laughs> at least the last two. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I like this that only one's going through because that's going to make this very, very interesting. MLB, the show got robbed. Uh, did it? I mean, it was yeah. really in a, it was in a club it shouldn't have been in. Walking to a bad neighborhood. It's a good game. It's great. It's a nice guy. But, I mean, you know. <laughs> it was like we're having a conversation about best rappers of 2000 and 2010s, and it was Jay-Z, Fabulous, and Jadakiss. Somebody wasn't supposed to be there is all I'm saying. And I ain't talking about Jadakiss. All right. Now that we have that vote done, uh, Last of Us <laughs> has moved on. <laughs> I expected a response. I was really trying to bait him. Uh, the Last of Us will move on into the next round. So that means next week we are going to do another randomization um, and make sure that you don't argue the same game. Is that essentially how we're going to do it? Or are we just going to pick out who does yeah. what? Yeah. Okay. We're going to. I'll leave this. Everybody's going to shift one. Okay. Shift one. Should up. I just shift? Okay. Sure. So that means I would Which would give up. me Streets of Rage. Charles uh-huh. has... Charles, what's your second gen? Super Smash. Oh, not a bit. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you Super go. Smash Melee. And then I have God and of War. And Tim has God of War. Ugh. Oh, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. I told I you. Mean, I mean, Streets of Rage versus God of War. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even not laugh. Uh, good luck, Smash. Uh, yeah, so that will be next week. God of War versus Streets of Rage 2 versus Super Smash Bros. Melee, correct? The GameCube yes. joint? Okay. Yeah. Melee. Melee. Well, how do you do it, Charles? What's the... What's the oh. I just listened Melee. to it. Like, <laughs> uh, so I would like to uh, thank everybody for listening and staying with us uh, through Series 1 and in Series 2. If you just came in Series 2, thanks for joining in. Um, we will continue to bring you uh, thoughts, perspectives, and point of views from the things that are important to us at the, the Triangle Nonsense Podcast. Once again, I am TR Paper Sacks. That guy over there with the kid is Chuck Father. You dig? And the other guy <laughs> that's <laughs> and the other guy that is next to him is Q. Thank you for your time. Have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we out. <laughs>